Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. Me, Simon, no. Language human. <laughs> and I'm Simon. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about Fugitive of the Jadoon. Is it, is it Fugitive of the Vajoon? Of the Vajoon? The Jadoon or Fugitive <laughs> from the Jadoon? It's Fugitive of the Jadoon. Of the Jadoon. Okay. All right. I think they were going for that whole victory of the examination of the Daleks, except it's Jadoon. Okay. Well, we start off with a synopsis of this segment of Doctor Who. In Gloucester, modern day, in what is not at all a contrived coincidence or metaphor, it's Ruth Clayton's birthday. But apart from an anticipated birthday cake from her husband, Lee, it's just a typical day flogging walking tours of Gloucester. Little does she know, uninvited guests are coming to crash the party. She stops by her local coffee shop where the creepy proprietor, Alan, tries once again to convince Ruth that her husband is a dangerous man. He has no family and checks out weird books from the library. He's even compiled a dossier on Lee Clayton. Of course, Alan's just jealous. In the vortex, the doctor is in a mood, and her companions try to tease it out of her. But they only get so far before the TARDIS picks up a containment warning from a Jadoon platoon near the moon. And when I say near the moon, I mean on the Earth, where the Jadoon do not have jurisdiction. They have erected a containment field around Gloucester and are searching for a fugitive. The Doctor reverses the polarity of the neutron flow, or something not nearly as cool, and lands the TARDIS within the field. The Jadoon are cataloging all people within the area in search of the fugitive, and just generally terrifying the fine folks of Gloucester, because they are, after all, space rhinoceroses. When they confront Alan, he suggests they go after Lee Clayton. Unobserved to the TARDIS team, Graham is scooped up by a teleport, where he meets Captain Jack Harkness, who was trying to grab the Doctor in a stolen spaceship. Back on Earth, the Doctor bluffs past the Jejun and starts talking to Lee, who behaves very suspiciously, and Ruth, who is clearly clueless. Lee's concern seems to be keeping his secret and getting Ruth to safety. The Doctor sends Yaz and Ryan out to stall the Jejun further, but they are scooped up by a teleport where they meet Captain Jack Harkness, who was trying to grab the Doctor in a stolen spaceship. Wow, failed to get the Doctor twice in a row? Is there some form of Jadoon Level 7 containment field in the area? There is? Oh, well, that explains it. The Doctor takes Ruth to a nearby cathedral, while Lee confronts the Jadoon and Gat, the controller of the operation. Gat and Lee are old friends, and she kills him, but not before he sends a cryptic text message to Ruth. Follow the light. Break the glass. The Jadoons surround Ruth and the Doctor, but suddenly Ruth, as if acting on instinct, kung-fus the entire Jadoon squad and sends them packing. She is confused by what just happened. The message from Lee leads Ruth and the Doctor to the lighthouse where she grew up. While the Doctor pokes around, Ruth is drawn to an emergency break-the-glass thingy, and she does. On the grounds, at Ruth's parents' grave, the Doctor finds not bodies, but a buried police box. What? says the Doctor. Ruth arrives, now wearing an uninspired cosplay outfit. I'm the Doctor, and this is my TARDIS. What? says the Doctor. Back on the stolen spaceship, instead of explaining, Captain Jack gives a cryptic warning about the lone Cyberman for the companions to take back to the Doctor. In a rush, he sends them on their way. Inside the buried TARDIS control room, which I might add is cooler than any TARDIS we've seen since the reboot, the Doctor explains. No, she doesn't. They don't know what's going on, and they argue, of course. Then Gat arrives, who is from Gallifrey, and used to work with the Doctor, despite the fact that the Doctor doesn't know her and now needs to kill her, but the Doctor gives her a rifle that backfires, killing her. The Jadoon are sent away due to a contract technicality, and the Doctor uses the TARDIS to drop off the Doctor near the TARDIS. What? says the audience. The Doctor is dazed and confused, but her team are supportive, and then alarms go off, end of Act 2 of an unknown number of acts. 
Oh, Fugitive of the Jadoon. Surprises galore in this episode. Oh, yeah. I suppose. What did you think of Fugitive of the Jadoon? Well, I yeah, I mean, I had a pretty good time with this. I've got to say, I like... I like these kind of, I mean, it's 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 quite difficult for them to pull them off on this scale, I think, anymore. Mm. But uh, it sort of put me in mind of Utopia with the the master reveal in that. And obviously there's all the chameleon arc stuff and um, Captain Jack's back and, oh, blimey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, quite you a lot could of actually fun. say it's derivative of that. No. <laughs> I, you know, this is, this is a show that didn't hold well for second viewing, I I thought, because then it sort of, it's about the surprises, I think. And I, I, um, I don't really consider it to be a, a story. I mean, it's, it's a scene. It's an act of a play. It's clearly the it's, middle it's an of something. It's an arc story. It's an arc story it's, for sure. It's barely a I mean, story. It's definitely an arc thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought. I mean, I, I liked watching it the second time because I was very interested in watching Joe Martin, knowing what I knew, um, and so I think that's in particular that's why it repays a second viewing. But this, this has a title that literally screams mid-season filler at you. This is going. This is going to be a monster of the week where they dig up a unremarkable sort sort of semi baddie from the show's past in order to um provide some kind of some s- something where so, something basically to plug plug a gap um in between episodes of either original stuff or actual you know, book the the season arc bookends. That's what I that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting season arc bookends because in Skyfall you've got the master reappearing and saying, "Oh, I've destroyed Gallifrey," and you think, "Oh God, right." Clearly, we're going to have to come back to that in the finale. But at least in between, we can have a few um, standalone episodes. And you know, don't get me wrong, I like standalone episodes. But when arc stories can do something as surprising as this, and they can do it in a way that when you go into the episode, you just think this is definitely monster of the week. I quite like being thrown off balance. Uh, I, I, you know, I'll give them, I'll give them credit um, for the surprise. Um, I think they must have sacrificed a few things for the benefit of surprise. Um, but when I look at it, shows like The X-Files, which is the closest thing I can think of to the way Doctor Who exists in, in modern television now. Because a lot of shows are really very, very heavy on the arc now. And in many cases, they are just simply chapters in a book as you go along. Yes. Whereas yes, The serials. X-Files still existed in that era where you know, 70%, 80% of the stories were monster of the week, creature of the week. And then you would have a couple along the way that were arc stories. And they were usually bigger stories, two-parters. Um, but mm-hmm. they had a they had a, a story that was at least sort of there um, that had to be solved, if not completely resolved because of the questions that were raised during the course of the story this one with the jadoon who's just you know they came down took their horn kung fu them said oh by the way you know you're out of jurisdiction go away jadoon there you go i mean the jadoon are a terrible villain or whatever they are um antagonists well, uh, i i, 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 I thought they were bad when they started them and they were one off you know. when they started them and i it, 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 they they served a purpose in that story, and then of course, when you build, this is always this is always the problem with the kind of the sequels when you try and build a new story around one-off villains like that. Then you've either got to add some previously unseen dimension to their nature that gives you that story, but in fact seems quite kind of contrived. Or you basically end up with a with a retread, and so 
it's quite a clever villain when you want some window dressing for the story that's actually coming and it and it and it was it was a story that suited them because it was a if it was about a fugitive it was effectively something that put them in you know, into their into their natural that's it, their purpose really isn't it um and and i liked that and I, also i i think i think they were just really seriously well realized because the animatronics were better than ever i mean lovely lovely faces and oh, great hair <laughs> they didn't have hair before did they i think they might have done but i don't know if it was shot as in, in a way that made them look quite as cute <laughs> wow um anyway i i you know i think it it's as you say it's mid-season filler and they were you know doing it to to present something two two things obviously they were trying to sneak captain jack in there and and get his his long realized desire to return to the show um and, and i'll ask wow. do you think good, we'll see him again John before Barrow the year's Manfred. over i think that's it i think we're not going to see him again he will not be part of the finale i would be quite surprised if we don't see him again oh okay but i i i i i, think... I, 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 I I really, I really, really don't know. I mean, I've read a couple of interviews with him. He said he says he doesn't know whether he's coming back. Obviously, he also says in those interviews that he lied about coming back this time. Therefore, right. you know that. Tells right, but you okay. Nothing. Let's let's look at his coming back and this I, time. In this story, he says, you know, I will be back. Maybe not soon. Which says to me, maybe not this season. But oh well, I'm talking about this season. I don't think we'll yeah. see him as part of this season again. I think there is a planned return for Captain Jack. I mean, I would be astonished. I'd be because I because okay. I mean, one thing is fabulous, fabulous secret to have kept in such a way. I did, and it's entirely my own fault. I did get slightly spoiled on this, um, but even even then, even when I knew Captain Jack was going to be in it. I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see John Barrowman and Jodie Whittaker together. And there is no way they would have brought Captain Jack back and not had him up against Jodie Whittaker unless they were then saving they, it. Then they filmed it at the same time and it'll be a it'll be a room scene somewhere because this, this is what. I get out of this. No, because they Watching. can bring him back now and it doesn't have to be top secret. Whereas this this, this but they've already finished filming it. The season. Oh, sure. Done. They they, fin- they finished filming this season, so it's so it's it's probably going to be the Christmas special. He's back in. That's my guess. Um, New Year special. Whatever you know, the the, <laughs> the, the, the the seasonal special. My, you want my guess? I reckon the finale is going to end on a cliffhanger. We're going to have a seasonal special that resolves that cliffhanger. It's going to have Captain Jack in it, but this may be wish fulfillment. I don't know. But if you look at the structure of the way this episode, this was filmed, and I, and I don't mean filmed as in the logistics of the filming, Captain Jack is isolated on a small barren set for uh, well, a scene or two. Big barren set. Well, okay, a big I think barren it might be set. Bristol, it might be Bristol Cathedral. I can say it's it's obviously just a building that they slapped a console in and uh, brought the the three supporting characters in. So easily could have been shot in a day. Captain Jack or, or John Barrowman did a remarkable job of faking people out on his social media, why he's in Cardiff renovating his house. But, you know, he, he, he's not, he was never out on location filming anywhere with Jodie Whittaker or anything like that. So that's why I think no, this is the, this, this is why I think this is it. This is the piece. And if we do, if we do by some weird bit, see him again, it'll be on a television screen or it'll be again in a one-off spot like this, where the doctor gets pulled out to have a couple words and then sent back. It will not oh, be I, Captain know, I think, Jack is an integral part of the story. I think it's perfectly possible. There is more Captain Jack footage in this season shot on a closed set because all of the stuff on his social media channel was about renovating a property in Cardiff. This wasn't shot in Cardiff. So, and he did actually renovate a property. So you wonder, I mean, maybe he actually did want to renovate the property. I don't know. But, or, or maybe he was, it was more elaborate cover because there's more to cover. I don't know. Yeah. 
So, but I, I just feel like he, and he was, well, frankly, unimportant. He was the bad wolf moment in the episode. Beware the lone siren. He couldn't explain, couldn't give him anything better than, than, yeah, I know, nano genes. But if he'd spent less time flirting and more time <laughs> explaining. Captain Jack was talking about, we don't want him to turn up and then not flirt. I, I would rather Captain Jack, who has a purpose, a, obviously a, quite an amazing purpose, it's a very important thing that he has to explain to the doctor, and then he doesn't actually give them the information they need to pass on to the doctor. First and foremost rule of passing on a message to someone, do not start off with the flirting. Go straight to the message, <laughs> flirt second. It's just, you know, it's just polite. <laughs> like, why wait until, why wait until he brought Yaz and Ryan, I know he was trying to get the doctor again, but he was for trying starters, to, he was trying to give a direct the direct message. He was it wasn't until he gave up on the doctor that he decided to send the message mm. via the companions. More routes, better attempt. Anyway, um, the lone Cyberman. Um, yeah, we've seen pictures of a Cyberman, a beat up Cyberman, I think. Um, so we know that's coming. We also know from that, they said something about it, it was sent back through time and space. Actually, he said there was... No, no. He said a thing or something like that was sent back through time and space. And it was the Alliance who sent something back through time and space, not the cyber men. Well, we don't know who the Alliance is, so... No, we don't. Yeah. So I, I think we got, you know, just stuff trying to make this mystery interesting. I'll, I'll well, I'm interested. Address whether I think definitely it's wasn't or not interested later. after Spyfall. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, talk about uh, uh, good Alan, the cafe proprietor, got killed. Good. He deserved it. Um, harsh. Harsh. About Marcia. He pushed a jadoon. He pushed a jadoon. I mean, how stupid do you have to be? I mean, the next thing he's going to be, he's going to be an old lady shouting, "Where's my Benny?" Oh, wait, no, she was in this episode, wasn't she? No, <laughs> no, she wasn't. I know, just reminded Marcia, me of her. Marcia was awesome, I thought. Especially well, not for knitting. long. No, not for not long. For lo- not for long. But that... But that, that did it, they shoot did, her or did she run into the barrier? No, they shot her. They shot her. Okay, I didn't see the gunfire. I just saw it when he hit it. And he goes, oh, barrier's in operational or something. I'm like, that barrier better not be right there. Okay. Um, yeah. She reminded me of the woman shouting Benny, 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 Bungie, whatever no, it was in no. the previously one. Um, she, I don't know if she was just better or because the director... The dialogue wasn't this, bad. This one and the last one was so much, so much better. <laughs> um, so, the real... Ruth is the doctor. A doctor. We don't know which doctor. And well, for some the doctor, freaking I mean, which version of the doctor? And and for some, for some ridiculously opaque reason, they didn't go. Which one are you? Well, they did. They did that a bit. They did that a bit because not not a bit, they, not a bit. They did not. They did not go. Which doctor are you? Which one? What number are you? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Give me a number. Which doctor I don't came think that, before you? I don't think you? there is the slightest indication in any episode I can think of that the doctor thinks of herself in terms of numbers. It, it, okay, they don't think of themselves. Every, yes, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they do we because do. they think of themselves in the terms of regenerations. Well, occasionally, although... Okay, I think that the doctor is smart enough to... If the doctor remembers how many people they were, the very least they could sit there and work on their fingers and figure out. Because I think the doctor's smart enough to work out on the fingers. Or go, which one came before you? Oh, before me? Oh, it was the big eyebrows and the gray hair. Which one came before me? Oh, it was the guy in the horrible multicolored outfit. No, no, I'm... I that's think a, that's, a, that's, that's a much more that's a much more plausible uh, approach. I mean, first of all, I hate I hate the terminology the thirteenth Doctor. Jodie Whittaker is not the thirteenth Doctor. There is only one Doctor. Well, unless you count Peter Cushing, the, she is 
the whatever it is, the doctor after the 12th regeneration, although I don't know whether we're counting Metacrisis doctor as a regeneration, so that gets complicated. And thank goodness the doctor doesn't go around referring to herself by numbers and has not done so, or there would have been all sorts of trouble after the ninth, the so-called ninth doctor, the ninth incarnation, or in fact, tenth incarnation because of the war doctor, which suddenly turns up. So no, 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 no. No to numbers. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter whether they use a number or how they use, they count their regenerations or whatever it is. The point is, is that they have a much easier mechanism for trying to orient themselves in when they don't know no, no. who each other's are, that they are they oblivious have, they to have one a, another. They have a mechanism for trying to orient themselves. But they didn't try but, any of them. They they start they started out well no they have several and and I'm interested in why they didn't but I but they I don't contact. think I don't think it's entirely inexplicable that they didn't they started out with I uh, you're in my future you're obviously in my future because that's the natural instinct they both go you're in my future because they can't remember the other one so that right that so then you level is perfectly set. natural but then the the. The second thing about what so what I want to know is okay why did they not start comparing how many whether whether there were any past regenerations assuming they both well assuming the Joe Martin doctor has past regenerations we know that Jodie Whittaker doctor has past regenerations but why did they not why did they not start comparing notes on whether there was any commonality in that so yes. I'd be I'd be kind of starting off with you know the grumpy old man who ran away from Gallifrey, it, you know, the reason, him? And- the, the reason that they didn't do that is because they are not trying to process this logically. They're trying to process it in terms of a secret to the audience. But it's, no, they're, the doctors they're not would absolutely to try to orient themselves. They're not trying to process, process it logically because there are, there's a, there's an emotional reaction to this, which I thought, came across from Jodie Whittaker particularly strongly but also because they do not trust each other and I and that and so the other thing that I was wondering about um apart from the fact that it's a it's just a a really 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 naff device the contact thing yeah which I would rather they just forgot about you know okay so they did it in the three doctors or whatever but just and the five except that she bloody does it with gat so and gat right yeah so okay you do it in this episode then you then you do start to wonder why why did the two doctors not do it but i do i I genuinely think they didn't the the things are moving so fast in this they didn't have time to build up that sense of trust (laughs) and what but you know what what exactly jodie whitaker was thinking and revealing whatever she revealed to Gat, I don't know. Because, yeah, she had a sense of trust there. Um, no. I mean, she had already determined that 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 Ruth was her. So, and the other doctors are, are literally, they'll run into the room and they'll say, I don't have time to explain. Here, contact, blap, uh, in three yeah, and five doctors. Is- so... Which is which is naff and annoying, but but at least they they know each other and have a reason to do it. I mean, if you wanted to, you could. The Sonic could have the ability to tell how many times a Time Lord has regenerated, because if it can tell that you're the same person and all that kind of thing, when you know it's in it's complete molecular doubly mm-hmm. doubly, then you could do that, or you or you could because the Doctor always seems to have trouble working out her age. The Sonic could be could have the ability to age a timeline. Go, oh right, you're now three thousand and five or whatever it is that she is at this point. But you know that's because the Sonic's a magic wand and contact right. is a magic wand. And yeah, no thanks. Yeah. So, but because they're using all that stuff in the episode, you can't say, well, you know, it's a good thing they didn't use it it's because they should have because it was at their disposal and it was in their hands. And it, it's because the whole thing is nothing but a contrivance. An in-story reason, yeah, and and there there clearly wasn't. So no, no, no. I think there, I think yeah. there was. <laughs> you think there was an in-story reason? You just didn't yeah, tell no, us I, why I, they didn't do it. I, I I think I think the 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 level of distrust and the and the pacing of it was was sufficient I because just, we I because just we cannot the the, the, the time I think we might need that explanation is when they're traveling back to Earth 
in the Joe Martin Doctor's TARDIS, which incidentally you are entirely correct about, that would have been the point to actually say, okay, who are you? Can we work this out? But even then, you know, Joe Martin is pretty grumpy and she's saying, I'd like you to get off my ship now. Yeah. Um, which seems to be in character for her doctor. I, I, I didn't get any character out of her. I thought she was terrible. Oh, no, I really I liked she her. She was terrible. Um, I think that stunt casting a, a disposable doctor was a stupid idea. And oh, but we don't know hiring someone doctor. who is, you know, and, and then not spending the time. Anyway, that's John Hurt haven't. put in his place. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the John Hurt uh, oh, no, process. That's... But at least they hired an actor who was good and they gave him a personality. And here, I yeah, no, this just doesn't. Because na- name of the name of the doctor, I thought this is this is just this is the worst idea ever. But. Uh, well, and at the name wasn't. of the doctor, it was the worst idea ever. Um, and it's still really a kludge brought on by Chris Eccleston being... I don't think Day of the Doctor would have worked with Christopher Eccleston. I, th- I, I, I don't think, know. I think it works so well with John Hurt. I have, it, I have the greatest difficulty even imagining it with Christopher Eccleston. And I, it would have screwed up Rose. Well, yeah, there is that problem with Rose. Um, I, you could have done Day of the Doctor with was, Paul McGann. Yes, you could have done Paul McGann, and I think even that probably would have been a better, uh, a, a, a better option. Uh, I'd have watched it from a canon standpoint. But, but, but no, I like, I like. But here's liked, the thing: I'm, I like John. But, but but you're assuming Joe Martin is a disposable Doctor, but I don't think that's been established yet. Well, okay, I'm I'm. I'm desperately hoping Joe Martin, the worthless doctor, is a disposable doctor. Um, and I, if I, that would be the end of Doctor Who, if that's the next. Um, I'm, I'm done. I think not. I'm done. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, she's I, about as miscast I, I have, as I've ever done. I have um, criticised the 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 kind of when we when we um, when we had t- time of the Doctor and. We all knew what was happening because Capaldi had even appeared in Day of the Doctor. And so there was the opportunity to do something a little bit more interesting in terms of the the sequence in which you introduced the the new Doctor and it, it being it involving time travel and being timey-wimey. And yet what they do is just this kind of endless um, emo angst about being about to quote die because they're not about to die they're about to regenerate and 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 i can kind of understand why because when they introduce the new doctor they need the old doctor out of the way so the audience from a from a marketing the show point of view so the audience can bond with the new doctor without the old doctor being around for them to cling on to so i kind of get that but if this were the introduction of a new Doctor, then I'd be quite impressed with the audacity of the way in which they've structured it. Um, well, um, it would be audacious. Still a bad idea, but it would be audacious. Um, I, here's the thing. I, I said it at the beginning at Sky at Spyfall. The Gallifrey thing with the timeless child and the master destroying it and all that stuff doesn't interest me. No, they haven't made it interest me yet. No, this is this. I I am I am absolutely convinced that this is a disposable chunk of the Doctor's history or an alternate so, okay. universe. What, what's what's, or... what's your what's your theory then? Because I because I've I've been puzzling I've been puzzling this out. If if this Doctor is not a traditional doctor if you like so this is this is a this is a, a a doctor that we haven't seen from the doctor's past like john hurt or this is a doctor from the doctor's future that we haven't seen like michael jaston or this is a an a doctor from another universe like david warner or it, yeah. Or from this universe, but an alternate timeline. But that probably is another universe. Um, which is it? I, 
I I don't think that they're going to provide us with a satisfactory explanation that's going to make sense. So we'll we'll start with I mean they'll they'll have an explanation, but it, it will ultimately fall apart um, if you start thinking about it. But let's let's review a couple of possibilities that that have occurred to me. One, as you say, the simplest one is it's an alternate universe somehow, and that is a parallel doctor and. After this crisis is over, uh, the universes will be unparalleled, and then that will be that will be the end of it. Um, there's also the very real possibility that, although again, it does not fit with the whole doctor's counted number of regenerations, but that could theoretically be that can easily be retconned with a stroke of a pen and a and a callous writer. Um, that at some point the doctor was regenerated, taken out, made a CIA operative, functioned as a CIA operative for the for Gallifrey for a period of time, uh, escaped, used the chameleon arch, ended up doing this, who knows, may have regenerated more than once somewhere along the way, obviously before okay. the chameleon arch, and then will be wiped and then put back to whatever doctor oh, they seems- were at the end of that. So you're saying same timeline. So it comes between regenerations. It could have been a... Yeah, we know the Time Lords can make a regeneration do what you want. So, I mean, they could have... This could be between Colin and Sylvester. You know? Oh, no, because, no, because we saw we saw someone with Colin Baker's hair regenerate into Sylvester McCoy. So that's not possible. I don't know. There's a similarity there. If she were wearing a wig, uh, look as close <laughs> as the person on the on the floor in the TARDIS. But in other words, the, the, the time Lords can see, I, I, can, I've got, I've got to put you back. Do, I feel do, like, well, the problem with that I, is I don't think you can fit it in. I don't think you can fit it in. So I, either way, whether you go for an alternative universe or, or that this is somehow a, a prior to Jodie Whittaker incarnation of the doctor who we haven't seen the, we can do, we can do what the doctors didn't do in the show and we can work back to where there is some commonality and for, and very simply we can straight away say that if she's an alternative universe doctor they diverged at or pre Troughton because of no sonic screwdriver because of no sonic screwdriver and there is no way that this regeneration comes between Hartnell and Troughton. Well, it is possible that. that Troughton, since that was a Time Lord regeneration, and we did not see the transition between between Troughton and Pertwee. No, but that's post Sonic. So, I, 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 I'm, I'm going with the the diver, the di- if it's an alternative you, universe much of a thing, Sonic. you don't have this problem. At 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 some point, something happened to the Doctor's timeline when she was either William Hartnell or. Patrick Troughton, and this created an alternative branch of her timeline. And at some point after that, she regenerated into the Joe Martin Doctor. I'm going with it's the sixth regeneration because there's got to be some echo of of uh, Colin Baker's taste in clothing for her to be wearing that shirt. Hmm. Uh, let's let's go with what we know. Um, we know that the Master discovered something. That was a huge lie from the Time Lords. Yes. This has got to be a lo- part of this. This is, I mean, see how it's impacting uh, the current Doctor. Think how that would, something like this would happen if the Master found out that there was some, I, I, again, still not knowing what it is, but that there's like another Master running around, which we'll come back to in a minute. But, um, you know, if, if, if our doctor is floored by this, the master could be really floored by it. And if he blamed our Time Lords, then he might destroy them. And since they sent something back through time, the Alliance, <clears throat> to to do something, could it be that this is a thing that the Time Lords were going to do or did do in order to stop the Cybermen thing which created an alternate timeline. It's, it's going to be, be a convoluted mess, and it's going it to get undone. Could be that. I mean, uh, the, the the questions that immediately occur to me are: I'm now thinking because of what happened to the master in 
the Doctor falls, the, the master, the O-master that we're seeing here is from the same timeline as the Joe Martin Doctor. Except, possible. Except that the timeline the Joe Martin Doctor is from seems to have a... A ga- or the, or the, either the time or the timeline seems to have a Gallifrey that isn't destroyed. Mm-hmm. So, did is so if if the ma- if the O Master is from the alternative timeline, he destroyed the wrong Gallifrey. D- did he destroy? Yes, did he destroy the wrong Gallifrey? I, I, yeah. Okay, um, so here's why this is there, honestly. Obviously, go on. No, I was going to say is that this mystery doesn't really. It, it really does not make me care any more about this mystery. There is only one thing that I came out of this episode going, hmm, that's interesting. All, all the rest of it seems completely disposable to me and, and in, at every level. Um, I just want to know one thing. Who the heck is Lee? Lee is he's a Gallifreyan who is yeah. the equivalent Faithful of, companion of the doctor to John Smith. No, 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 no. I don't mean it that way. I mean, if this is an alternate timeline, who is Lee? The Master? Romana? Oh, they I went see. Out of the way to call a faithful companion. Why? But if if they if I can see, okay, so you're t- you're taking the fact that Lee is Gallifreyan, mm-hmm. and you want there to be a parallel, so you want the. Doctor in this alternate timeline, if indeed this Doctor is from an alternate timeline, to still be travelling with one of the same people she travels with in this timeline, even though the divergence of the timeline is sufficient that she's ended up regenerating into someone else. Yeah, but then you did just postulate that with that closed sense, it must be the sixth Doctor. So there are, you're you're saying there are parallels. (laughs) <laughs> or you think there's parallels, or you're looking for parallels. So I'm, o- I'm, I'm only, I'm, <clears throat> yes, yes. I was it, more, it I was more like... going for the joke there, but okay. I, but, but, I but suppose like... the thing that suggests that this Doctor is earlier is because the TARDIS, Tardis. has changed less than yes, Jodie Whittaker's TARDIS. Both but even, but even I, then, it's an closed. alternate timeline. She could have regenerated a couple of dozen times and just not done as much redecorating. Correct. Um. But, so, let's carry this one step further. If it's an earlier Doctor, so the divergent version of some earlier Doctor, prior to Terror of the Autons, has the Master gone bad? Remember, the Master was the Doctor's friend but in Gallifrey. Not, are, you, are you saying the Master went bad in or immediately prior to Terror of the Autons? Not in necessarily or immediately. I'm just saying somewhere along the line, we don't know where that happened. If this is an earlier version going back as possibly as far as the first or second doctor. Yes. So Lee Lee could be the the master who did not, you know, something happened. Gallifrey went to war. Obviously they were fighting something. He's carrying a, a medal, a war medal that he's, you know, sentimental about. Yes, good point. So there's something. They worked for Gat. Gat's obviously military for Gallif- the honor of Gallifrey and stuff. So it's it, it all feels like they were in like the secret service spy thing. And uh, not that there's any parallel there. And um, that maybe at the end of this, that gets wiped from the doctor's memory as payment for saving Gallifrey again or something. I don't know, but it's possible that in that scenario, the master may have been part of, I mean, he was part of the time yeah, war, but in some sort it, of old timeline season six B theory, not nonsense necessarily as antagonistic to one another. Um, and of course, in the modern series, we get that clear sort of, romance romance thing going there that uh you, you know being in this alternate yeah well in this alternate universe ruth doesn't know although presumably lee does so yes i feel like he's taking advantage of her i also want to point one thing out when you say you think it's an earlier doctor and and i i agree with those two points it's definitely an old tardis console room god it looks so good it even oh, looks yeah. so much better than the one they did in uh capaldi's era with the 
stolen well, TARDIS. It's, it's presumably some evolution of that, but yeah, it does. Well, but it's got some of the stuff from way, way back in the Hartnell era. Those, I think there's a couple shots where you've got those kind of booth-like things, and oh yeah, no, it's a beauty. Um, <laughs> it's just absolutely, you know, it just trash the darn. It's gorgeous. That's what they could do. Swap the TARDISes before you mm. wipe out the other Doctor. Um, but there's another clue that you missed. Well, maybe you didn't miss it, but I thought it was very interesting. When did this happen? When, when did the doctor, when did the Ruth doctor come into existence as Ruth Clayton, not as the doctor? Cause we have a clue. She actually said when it was, although when it probably was when she moved to Gloucester, you mean, when was you that? You mean when she activated the chameleon arc? When she moved to Gloucester. So in other words, well, when she, she moved, moved to Gloucester, Gloucester in April 99. No, December. December 99. Mid-December Ooh. 1999. Do we know any stories that took place in December of 1999? Oh, I like it. I like it. How interesting. I, I thought that was too yeah, on because the because If it, it had was, been at the I, end I got, of December 1999, wrong, it would have been perfect. I, it was oddly specific, giving it a date like that. So, yeah. It's yes, got to be, it was, it's got to have a purpose. Yeah. Or just a red herring. But, uh. No, 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 no. Although I would have said end of December 1999, you know, it, that would have been because we know, we know that, that the Doctor Who movie occurred December 31st, 1999. And I think maybe as early as the 30th, but wouldn't have been mid, uh, on the other side of the planet, in fact. But, 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 yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't see what I can't see what the significance of it is, but it must be significant. It, it feels it like a clue. It definitely and the, feels and like the, a clue. And there might well be a connection there. I mean, the other the other thing is she's quite a kick-ass doctor. I don't know if that's Venusian Aikido, but yeah, that didn't I can't, really I can't, seem I can't very... imagine Jodie Whittaker knocking out six rhinos. Or I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Uh, any of them except Pertwee. Yeah. So yeah, doing that. That's more sort of alt three. Um I also have a hard time with the I handed you a gun that's gonna blow up in your face. I I I can sort of didn't Tennant do something like that in the poison sky? Uh, possible I, I can imagine it, but it's de- it's definitely it's definitely more harsh than um, than Miss All Rainbows and Trousers That Don't Reach would uh, would do. And then there's that scene: the Doctor doesn't use guns. I know that. Don't tell them. Come on. <laughs> it's like, um, like they couldn't hear that. Um, the Doctor, as we know, does use guns, so it's nonsense. Right. That's a lie. Right. That's that's completely false. But still, yeah. Yeah, there's just eh, so much, so much for me not to like in this. Honestly, um, I, I, I just. Oh, but I didn't dislike that. I thought. Do you remember? Remember what we said during Spyfall when I when I said that I felt like Chibbers was having a temper tantrum yes. that he didn't like what Moffat had done, bringing Gallifrey back and whatnot. This still feels like that. This feels like vandalism, not. Creative. No, no, I, I, I disagree because 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 this time round he's 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 following Moffat's lead in if if he is adding in a doctor that we didn't previously know about that's homage to Moffat. Moffat did that. I think more than that, it's it, there's a lot of RTD stuff in here because you know the Jadoon's RTD, oh, Captain Jack's RTD, Chameleon yeah. arcs. Well, actually, I don't know why Paul Cornell didn't get a credit. Um, because he wrote both of the versions of Human Nature, I think, and that's where it comes from. But well, I don't think they mentioned it in uh, uh, Utopia either. Well, the chameleon arc that the that, master yeah. uses. Cornell didn't get a credit for that. No, but I mean, why didn't why didn't he get a credit in this episode? But I'm saying they used the chameleon art in Utopia or whichever one that was, or the last of the Time Lords, and he didn't get a credit there either. Oh, I see. So why would he get a credit here? Oh yeah, I, well, I I guess because they specifically mentioned it in this one. They they specifically mentioned it in that one too. 
too long ago. I'd have to rewatch it. Yeah, In fact, I could rewatch but... it. I like that episode. I might rewatch it. Um... Although I, I need to rewatch Curse of Fenric because of the sad, sad passing of Nicholas Parsons. Is there? Um, do we? Are we supposed to treat this as a two-part episode? I think Since it's it a, ends I, with. A... I think I think it's a a setup episode, but I don't think we're getting part two next week. Okay, you think that's just a complete coincidence? That's my feeling that they 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 led one episode into the next, which is very rare in this age of Doctor. It Who. is rare, but there's got to be there's got to be some there's got to be some explanation of why they've will now have spent what six stories on Sol three. It's cheap. <laughs> I, 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 well, they've tra- obviously spent a lot of time traveling around. Um, and well, I, I don't, I don't know whether. How, they, yeah, how cheap is it when the the part of the part of Soul Three you do all your filming on is in South Africa? Well, they, they went to somewhere in Bosnia or Czechoslovakia or something for the. Uh, well, where was that one? I Didn't they go to the which... Canaries for Orphan Fifty Five? I think they did. I think they went. They've. I think they've gone to several places. I think space year. travel and, is a lot cheaper, actually. Well, I think they're making space, up for space it elsewhere. Space travel mostly though. happens in a quarry in Wales, and that's that's dead cheap. Yeah, I, I think they're making up for it elsewhere, though, because I just I, you know, every episode I keep thinking, yeah, they, they, this they've they've cut a little corners here and there, and this one too. I mean, the Captain Jack stuff. I mean, I get why they did it because of the secret and not letting it know. But at the same time, those scenes feel like, well, they were done on the cheap. Um, oh, no, I like, I lo- oh, and, I like and I, that set. I do want to mention one thing about that on, on the, the Captain Jack uh, cameo, the surprise. Like I say, the scene was written to be a surprise. They did it to be a surprise. Sure. Chibnall has been working his little butt off to keep everything secret. This year, I mean, the 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 next and time trailers year. aren't interesting because there's nothing in them to make you want to watch them. The 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 teasers aren't very interesting because there's nothing to make you want to watch them. They're so yeah. they're so penurious with their with what they give out that they're disinteresting. And, and this is why. And this is why, because he's working on these secrets. But if nobody watches because nobody cares, and, and we'll, mention, we'll mention the Doctor Who social media here in a second. When Graham plops down in the middle of that empty set and you hear the voice and it goes, Hey, I'll just hold on there. I got laser spikes. You got to keep the thing going. Things, the lasery spiky thingies. And, and I'm going, that sounds like Captain Jack. There is no actual reason for them to... For him to be hidden away it's literally there so that the audience will be listening to it going hey that sounds like captain jack and then the reveal yeah and and wasn't it good eh. <laughs> eh. Was so he could have literally had his back yeah, he could have had his back to the console and Graham pops up and lands on the floor. And what's going on there? Think, it's me, Captain Jack. How would that have been any different than giving us a couple lines where you kind of go and watch out for the laser spikes and stuff? I, I don't know. It just... I liked it. Okay. One, so one thing, um, because I saw, man, did I see a lot of complaints about this. Uh, I will, I will you know, admit that I may have, through some means, managed to watch a BBC version of this episode and so that's uh, talking about noon where i live on saturday and it does not air in the united states till i think 8 p.m on uh bbc america i believe in the united states uh and if you don't have bbc america which i don't it doesn't come out on itunes until midnight or possibly even 1 a.m depending i think it's california time so uh you know, quite late. I watched it mm, in a two-hour window of when it it aired. So basically, immediately after it aired, probably fifteen minutes after I watched that. Well, one, I got a I got a text message from Ben saying "WTF," and uh, and then I uh, <laughs> and then I uh, 
I popped on my Facebook and the literally the first post there was from Doctor Who going, well, now that Captain Jack's back in Doctor Who, find out what amazing stuff about Captain Jack. And I'm looking at that and there's just like 50 to 100 comments following that up going, thank you so much. This hasn't aired yet. Doctor Who's official Doctor Who account. And I mean, very, very mad, very, very mad people. And and rightly and so. Kind of rightly I hope they so realize because... what a mistake they made. But it, I mean, that's terribly ill-mannered, I think. And and it was, like I said, there's nothing to it except the surprise. There's no value to that scene except for the surprise. And, and Captain in, in Jack. In terms of the story. But he's but it... not really back. I mean, he's just like, it's a cameo. It's a Captain Jack cameo. It's like, oh yeah, all right, fine. But the it, the whole thing is... The whole point of it is the surprise and they absolutely ruined it for everybody outside of Britain. And they ought to know that social media doesn't work that way. And, and yeah, shame on the BBC for that really, really bad, uh, handling of that. But especially considering how hard Chibbers worked to keep it a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, clearly that wasn't, that wasn't his intention. That was some marketing muppet. Well, you know something, if we, uh, and here's the thing, I, I would be willing to bet because I, I don't see the, I, I've really gotten a hundred percent official ratings, but they aren't great, at least on the first view on the BBC, um, this year and last, um, you know, they've, they've, they've been trailing and I don't know what's happening on BBC America, but I can totally see them being higher for this episode in the United States because of that oh captain jack's back i'm tuning in i can absolutely see that and you know now we're talking about the question between what is the balance between not having spoilers and actually getting people to watch and and getting the you know getting what what needs to be done to keep a show going so i tell you what i want i want no spoilers i'm gonna watch it anyway yes but uh we're probably an exception a lot of people are casual viewers, and a lot of people are, oh, I'll watch it if it's convenient. It's not must-see TV for most people. And sure. but these sorts of things that. make it, oh, great, the Daleks are back next week. I'll, I'll make an effort to watch this. Or, Which is why all these Dalek episodes get called of the Daleks, of right. the Daleks or something. In it. Right. I, I, I'm, and, any, and any surprise appearance by a Dalek is never a surprise appearance because they never, never managed to keep those ones secret. And wouldn't it be nice if they did? I, I personally felt that there was a sidecar in this, but, you know, uh, this discussion. But anyway, <laughs> have you got anything else on Fugitive of the Jadoon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. um, you mentioned Lee. And, and one thing that just uh, I've got a few things about Lee, but one thing that just occurred to me while you were while you were talking, literally while you were talking, you know that. Um, so you weren't listening. You were just okay. No, go ahead. <laughs> I, well, you, you I was multitasking, my good man. Oh, I was okay. multitasking. I, I I know that men aren't supposed to be able to do that, um, and so I was probably doing everything I was doing badly. But um, there was there there was a a, a sort of super fan. Um, apparently, I don't know much about him. A chap called Paul Condon, who died last year, and after whom the Jadoon captain was named, who is Captain Paul Condon. Um, probably not connected. Quite possibly a coincidence. But tell me, if you can, the names of anyone you can think of connected with designing the DVD covers for Doctor Who releases. Think of any uh, names. No, no, I can't. You heard of. Lee Binding. Uh, now that you mention the name, I have heard the name Lee Binding. He, didn't he do the, really, some really of the early steel beautiful. books? The, hmm? Didn't he do some of the early steel books? Yeah, quite possibly. He's doing all the current. I, I remember releases. the Big Blue Box podcast was having a, a strop about the fact that they'd replaced, and I think it was Lee Binding that got kicked out and replaced by somebody who did some really awful ones or something. But oh no, uh, I think no, I, I think that was Clayton it. Hickman on the Charter, possibly. I think. Well, I no, think there in, definitely think, was. Somebody complaining on on Big Blue Blocks, Big Blue Bites podcast. I, th- I think, not I think there was a lovely <laughs> cover that Clayton Hickman did with a knitted scarf for Sharda, and they and I think that was the steel book, and they junked it and replaced it with a, a Lee binding drawing, which is you know a pretty nice cover too. But it was a shame because 
I saw Clayton Hickman posted what he'd done on Twitter and I thought it was pretty nice. And the fact that I've now mentioned these two names, does that give you a clue where I'm going with this? Italy Clayton, yeah. Is that yeah. a coincidence? Um, probably not. It, it just he, it struck me. Well, I mean, and, I know, I know let's face Hickman it, the name Lee Clayton the is a cover. Ha, ha. Well, yeah. See, it's a cover name. If it's a tribute in any way, I know Clayton Hickman won't have appreciated it because he wasn't watching it because he stopped watching Doctor Who. Um, I, just because he did, picked his cover off. No. No, no, no. I, no, don't I, just, I don't think he. I don't think he's that into the current uh, current past few series. Mm. I, I just, I, I thing on the rewatching with Lee is is how cleverly they've written everything about the Ruth Lee relationship and the the uh, the way in which he appears to be acting out of one motivation and then. When you rewatch it, it all works again for ah oh, that now you know what his actual motivation is. Oh, there is one other thing. Everything that everything that interests me about this story, everything that interests me about this story is Lee. <laughs> I don't know who Lee is, and more importantly, I want to know what weird books he checks out of the library. Yes. Also also, weird books and he cuts his own hair. Yes, and it he is cuts like, his own hair. He's describing me, basically. <laughs> It's like, I, 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 no, I'm not going to ask. <laughs> the, 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 the puzzling thing for me about Lee was actually um, the, the bio shield bit. I could have done with an explanation of that. I understand how it was that when she scanned Ruth, the doctor identified her as being 100% human. In human nature, the person looking after the doctor is well, Benny slash Martha, who are 100% human, not that it matters, but had mm-hmm. she scanned them both, they would have been human. In this one, it's pretty clear that Lee is Gallifreyan because yep. she and Gap both received identical training, service medal, etc., etc. So there's some mechanism that's not a chameleon arc, but which has the equivalent biological shielding to a chameleon arc, and it's not a chameleon arc because he still has all of his proper memories. genuine bona fide memories and that so that was a that was the that was the one thing that i thought it 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 was probably confusing in a way that was unintentional um it just needed i think they were trying to make it less confusing by just making it consistent that there's a bio encryption on there but if you look back at the actual history of that mechanism it should have you're right it should have been completely different i I, i'm gonna say also by the way that that i can forgive ryan but i don't forgive yaz um what what are you what are we forgiving them for for how rubbish they are at searching uh, a house which by the way they have four minutes to do and in that four minutes yaz manages to find a box hidden at the back of a cupboard or something and ryan figures out that they've got cash flow problems right but neither in four minutes in less than four minutes but neither of them spots the gun that lee goes for in the dresser in the side table drawer right he he, he reaches for it and gat goes oh sit we had the same training it's like how did they miss the alien gun? How does Ruth not see the alien gun sitting in the living room drawer? <laughs> <laughs> Problem. Problem with that. But, um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, in a way, it should have been Yaz who found out the cash flow problems because that's a much more copper thing to do. Um, but it, that, Is that you're mentioning that does tie me into one of the things that I wanted to complain about about this episode which is my standing complaint about yaz which is <laughs> that she's a police officer and in fairness after about 20 minutes in this episode she does remember that she's a police oh. officer and says i'm a police officer and goes out and tries to talk police to the jadoon but there's other stuff. language human I mean, this, police she's human police but the whole thing about bringing back the Jadoon is that the Jadoon are police and all of the commentary about the Jadoon 
has to do with excessive police brutality. And it's not that far-fetched, some of it, I'm thinking. And so there's an interesting thing about the portrayal of the police in the show here, because on the one hand, we have, I think for the first time in the TV series, someone who is a police person as one of our heroes. So we're putting some faith in someone who has some faith in the, the police service. So when when the doctor says, you know, the Jaduna space police or whatever, and they're terrible, and Graham says, but I thought you said they were the police. We need to see Yaz's reaction at that point. I want to see what her expression is when she said that. In fact, why doesn't she have the line about them being the police? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't get the sense that, and you know, this is this is this is written by um, uh, Vishnu Patel, but with Chris Chibnall. Vishnu Patel yeah. wrote um, uh, the one about partition last last season. Uh, I've forgotten its name. Anyway, it was right. also very good. Um, but Chibnall, Chibnall, even if Patel doesn't pick these things up, Chibnall blinking well ought to because Yaz is his character. They don't seem to remember that she's a police officer and probably has thought about the police. And, and you know, we have a, a certain amount of... If if he did in right, if did if he did indeed write the episode last year about the partition of India, that was kind of you could argue that that's a yes centric story. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and could be forgiven in thinking write what you know or write what interests you. Um, I, I'm surprised that Yaz wasn't important in this story. Except let's face it, the whole the companions all had to get written out so they could be off doing a cameo with Captain Jack. But, um, yeah, yeah. And I was going to ask, actually, do you feel that Yaz's accent is getting thicker? No, I hadn't noticed that. Mm, It felt it that way to me this time. Um, It may just be her natural, her natural, I I haven't, I'm not, I, I haven't heard how her accent has changed and I haven't actually seen her interviewed all that much. So I don't know how her accent differs from the characters, but is she is she getting closer to her natural accent? Because I yeah, could understand I that if she's just relaxing a bit in the part. Could be. It it just felt a little stronger um, than than usual this week. Mm, anything else? <laughs> it's it's a tiny nitpick, and I I feel bad ending on a tiny nitpick, but. Um, so, I mean, well, we've got all the we've got the Mardi Doctor at the beginning again, and uh, thankfully, you know, we appear to have blown that away a bit with the whole "don't lie to us" thing. But during that exchange, Yaz says, "Was that you know? Is that where you're going? You're saying you'll be back in now, but you never are." And I'm thinking, blimey, it's a time machine. <laughs> she she could go and spend weeks being Mardi and wandering around the ruins of Gallifrey and still be back in 59 in minutes if she, if she chose to, because how long she spends on something has no, has no relevance if she's going off in the time machine. And equally, this I, I'm not sure I, I managed to get this far down on my list of complaints about Spyfall, but equally in Spyfall, when they're, when they're, making their excuses about, oh, why, why Ryan can't be playing basketball and why Graham is telling the doctor that he's got to, you know, have all his jabs because he's going away for a bit and why Yaz has to have this explanation about being about going off on secondment is absolute nonsense because every time that Clara went off with the doctor, he brought her back 20 minutes after she left or whatever it is. Why, why is it the doctor keeps bringing them back after all this time to their obvious inconvenience it makes no sense yeah i yeah I, they're not consistent are they they're not consistent no. um i kind of I, I mean i like just like i'd like to throw a line about how the how maybe the doctor has has oh the tardis has got more erratic in that so the doctor's trying to get them back 20 minutes later but accidentally gets them back two months later and that's oh, why you mean like a year later in rose 
Yeah, well, yeah, because that was that was super duper storytelling. I mean, that just it was a it wasn't Rose. It was um, well, it, World Tucker War Three or whatever. But um, but that yeah, you know, that got me right in the feels when the Doctor kind of suddenly realizes what he's done, and you you get kind of Jackie's reaction to seeing Rose after her being missing for twelve months. I mean, I just thought, wow, you know, there's a there's a dimension to to being torn away from your family to go time traveling around the universe you don't don't think don't about see normally yeah then that was that was before. excellently planned out it really that, was. that was excellently planned uh, and and that's also one of the reasons why you know the doctor's tardis has never been that reliable the fact that the 11th could drop or in 12th well the 12th could drop clara off with precision well, they did it with Amy and Rory, too, because they were getting older and everybody yeah, yeah, else no, was not. So, I mean, yeah, Eleven could do it, too. So, I, I, it totally makes sense that if you were going to write a story about time travel, you would sit down and you would go, yep, you would just return them to the exact same moment in time and everything would be fine. But it doesn't kind of fit in the way Doctor Who has always worked. And it is a problematic issue when you need, and when I say need, I mean, you're using a contrivance to make the TARDIS yeah. arrive somewhere so that you have a story about to tell. being in the wrong and, place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the wrong time. Yep. Wrong place, wrong time. That's where the TARDIS is supposed to be. Always. I'm dumb. Okay. Uh, I got nothing. I'm I got done. nothing else. So Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure as always. And listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.